Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? Um, so I'm all right, but I'm also not all right. Do you want to know why? Sure. I have to get a full brake job on my car. No. That's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave me the quote on at least what the front brakes were going to be, and it was over $500. And I'm like, I'm going to guess the back are also over $500. Yeah, if not a little bit more. That's not that's- – Let's not, not say that. Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not say that. So, um, yeah. How are you, though? I'm good. I mean, I've had a good day. I did some work this yeah. morning. Nice. I went and had a facial, so I felt like super fancy. Do you feel like a glazed donut? A little bit. I'm very glowy. Very, very glowy. Um, Excellent. So that was lovely. I must say my favorite thing ever is the hot towel. And they wrap oh, it around so your face. Nice. Oh my God, that is the height of luxury for me. It's so nice. I just, I haven't had a facial in a while, but I'm having this like visceral memory of that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a few years for me, like definitely before COVID. And I just kind of felt like, I'm like, oh, I just feel like I need someone to go in and clean the past couple of years off my face. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed it so much. And because our listeners know I'm kind of stressed about skin. It's one of my number mm-hmm. one stressors in life. I booked mm-hmm. another appointment for four or five weeks from now. Um, Good. So even though it's like kind of an expense, it's actually not too bad of price, the place that I go. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the esthetician there. She was really knowledgeable and just like listened to me and that is like a huge thing for me um Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go for the next few months and just see if i can help keep my skin nice and clear because she just said you know after having to wear masks for the past two years she's just seen like the craziest skin conditions pop up like in terms of Mm -hmm. acne eczema rashes like our skin is just so irritated that um she really did a good job so good. Yes, I'm gonna find find some extra money to do that for for a little bit. Well, I mean, you also just deserve the luxury of a facial every four weeks. I try to tell myself that, you know, <laughs> my bank account says yourself. different. <laughs> <laughs> your heart says yes. Your bank account says no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what I liked about this one is, you know, when you go to like the spa yeah. facial places, it's very like oils and essential oils and like Relaxing. you yeah like you leave very very glazed donut but like in mm-hmm. a greasy way yeah. where this she like hand selected each product that was going to suit my skin t- condition she did a whole skin analysis she asked like tell me everything that ever happened to you about your skin mm. um and so i left feeling like not even inflamed i have like no redness at all no splotchiness Good. And everything is just very calm and clear mm-hmm. at the moment. So that is the type of place I want to keep going for a facial. And that's why I never went for a yeah. long time because I always felt like, oh, like I break out every time I go for a facial. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this, like, no, it's just like exactly what my skin needed. That's really great. Because, yeah, I've noticed I've noticed that too when I've done it at like spa more like relaxation spa facilities is it's kind of like they just go through the motions of what they do with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not really tailored towards you. Obviously, they ask you if you're like allergic to anything, but it's not customized to like what your skin goals are. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so they're not like pulling out. They're not pulling out like six different products that they don't really use on anybody else just because they would be best for you. You know, yeah, they're kind exactly. of working with the same amount. Yeah, like after we talked, she was just like, "Here, I'm just gonna go run and grab. Like you get you get comfortable. I'm gonna go grab all these products that I think are gonna be good for mm-hmm. you." So you know that was very nice. That after we chatted, she's like, "You know what? This is perfect for you." Awesome. I love that for you. Yeah. So um, what are you having to drink this evening? Uh, well, it's a Friday. We don't it is ever Friday. record on Fridays. Um, no. So I'm having a beverage, and the beverage I'm having is a Georgian Bay Prickly Pear Tequila Smash. Please don't ask me to say that five times fast because my uh, lisp is definitely going to come out. Um, I had to really <laughs> focus on that one. <laughs> I had to think about each word before saying that. It's a very long title, but the drink mm-hmm. is very good. It's like really light and fresh and um, not too sweet because I just can't do the sweet drinks anymore. Neither can I. It just like no matter what, I will feel like I have a hangover the next day, even if I have like a sip of one of those. Oh, with, yeah. Like, the sugar. Like- you have more of a sugar hangover than yeah. you do an alcohol hangover. Which is like way worse. Exactly. I remember those. I remember those from the Palm Bay days. Oh. The, hard, oh. the Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh. <laughs> the worst was the Peach Snops. Yes. Yes, And that Sunny was. D. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> have you never had Peach Snops and Sunny D? No, I can't oh my God. say that I have, but I can imagine that as like a high school through college drink for sure. That was the f- one of the first drinks I ever had. Peach schnapps and Sunny D. I don't Love recommend that. it, people. Like as a teenager, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Um, shit. <laughs> when your body was able to process sugar, now I think I would have a sip and like fall down. <laughs> You would be in a sugar coma. For I a would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> You'd be done. Yeah. You'd be calling in sick to work like, sorry, I can't be here. Why? Sunny D. Sunny D, guys. Sunny D. <laughs> uh, well, I also have a beverage. Excellent. And it's, a, it's also from Ontario. It's in a Skillin winery. Oh, I've never heard of this one. Yeah, it's from the Niagara region because you know I I know the I know things about wines. I don't at all. Don't don't quote me on anything. Um, and it's I think it's a Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, I love a Sav. It's so good. It's kind of it has a bit more of a dryness to it, so it feels like more of a Pinot. But I'm a fan. I had it at a wedding recently, so when I saw it in the store today, I was like, "Mm, that was good. Ah, see, that's a good thing about weddings. You know, you try new things. And you don't mm-hmm. realize that you like them. It's great. Exactly. Exactly. And then it just opens up the world because for a while there, I was buying the same bottle of wine every time I went to the store. Yeah. So. I find everyone, we fall into that trap where we're like, we know this is good. We don't want to take a risk. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, anyway, we are not talking about alcohol or facials, facials <laughs> in this episode. We are actually um, talking about auditing your life. And not in an accounting sense. No, in more of a where are you currently at and where are you going sense in yes. all aspects of life. So basically like auditing your life. This is how you can think about it. Basically, you're taking stock of what's been going on over past few months, maybe years, two years, et cetera, where you're at currently and where you want to go. And it's a way to assess your feelings towards, you know, are you on the right track? 
Do you feel like you are channeling your energy towards things that are going to push you forward? Or do you think feel like the things you are doing are holding you back? And then it helps you create a game plan from there to then move forward towards your goals. Exactly. Yeah. Like I have the same interpretation of that. And I think it's very important that every once in a while we literally just stop, mm-hmm. sit with ourselves and just look around. You know, we yeah. get so caught up in what we're doing with family, relationships, friends, uh, work, mm-hmm. life in general. We get going so fast that sometimes yeah. we get down a road that we didn't even want to be on. So, you know, yes. we're we're halfway through 2022 right now and we're coming out of a huge global pandemic that kind of put mm-hmm. everyone's lives on pause and, you know, made us all stop and think about what we wanted and it really did open doors for some people and then for Mm -hmm. other people it really derailed them so we thought that this would just be a good thing to kind of get into your mind of just taking stock of what is happening in your life right now you know for sure get a pen and paper and just just do like a little map with you in the center and then branch out each thing that is in your life Mm-hmm. And just write down your thoughts on that and like what's good, what's bad. Yeah, and kind of just circling back to what a point you just had made earlier about winding up on a path that maybe you didn't even really want to be on. And I think it's really important to take stock of where you're at and really determine, you know, is what you're channeling energy towards actually moving you forward? Because I think our culture praises busyness. Yes. You know, like everyone is always bragging about like, oh, I'm like not bragging, but you know what I mean. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm so busy. Well, and it feels almost like a like let's a competition. It, yeah, let's put it <laughs> this way. You know, it, just like you said, you know, like we're competing of who is mm-hmm. more tired and who has more stuff on their plate. That exactly. is really sad. Like that is just sad I people. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, is a lot of those times it's like if you really sit back and look at those things that are keeping you so busy that you don't have any time for yourself, really. Are they all moving you towards your goals? Because I can take a bet that some of them are not. Exactly. And I think for the the most part, you need to look at things and just be honest Mm -hmm. and ask yourself, what is the future potential growth? And also the benefits, you know, are you – working at something that, you know, it just hasn't gone anywhere for you. You're not happy doing it. It's not paying off. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's time to kind of be really raw and honest and say, you know what, it's time to move on. And yeah. those can be very hard decisions. Like this is not something that you just take lightly, mm-hmm. but it's that honesty of um, yeah. of just recognizing, you know, this is not getting me where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And springing off of that a little bit, because I don't know if you found this as well when we were doing some reading about this topic, but a lot of articles and such about auditing your life is very career focused and monetary focused. Everything I read was very entrepreneurial in a sense, which is which yes. is great. But as we get into this, I want you guys to think about not just is this making my career more successful or is this thing making me any money? It's really digging deep and thinking, what actually brings me joy with what I'm doing? Because if it brings you joy, great. Keep going with it. That is a wonderful thing. But 
if it doesn't, then you're like, okay, time to reassess. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And just kind of going back to what I said earlier where you're going to sit down with that pen and paper and put mm-hmm. yourself in the middle and then branch off of different things in your life. Mm-hmm. Think of it as a web. You know, these yeah. things, yes, they're on a different branch, but overall, you're at the center. So all of those things are connected like a web. And mm-hmm. that's where like, you know, if, if you see that, yeah, like your career, it's fine. You know, you're you're paying the bills, you're making money, but mm-hmm. it's taking, you know, 80 hours a week away from your family and mm-hmm. your friends and what you actually want to be doing, then you're stealing away from those other branches of the the web and you kind of need to ask yourself, okay, maybe I need to make an adjustment over here mm-hmm. so I can get what really makes me happy. For sure. So a life audit, what does that look like for you? Like what would be an example of a time where you've done this? I feel like I do this periodically, not quite quarterly, definitely semi-annually, maybe annually. Okay. And I think it more stems from like I'm someone whose default is like I need to look for the next best thing, right? Like I'm – it's the Aries energy. I'm just like (laughs) – nope, this doesn't work for me anymore, cut it. You know, I'm very black and white with uh, Mm -hmm. my decisions sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think the last time I had a huge thing, and I know I've talked about this so often, was changing my career. You know, it was having a negative effect on my finances, my enjoyment of my life, my relationship, so Mm -hmm. many things. Also my family, like, you know, it was having a huge uh, negative effect on, on family relationships. Yeah. And that's when I had to decide, you know what? There is no future here. They literally told me that. Um, yeah. <laughs> hot topic. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> we're not going down there. Um, no, not today. <laughs> yeah. But for me, that made the answer very easy, right? Like mm-hmm. I could barely afford my bills at the time and they're telling me that I'm never going to do better than this. Yeah. Well, well, that doesn't work for, for me. So that was kind of like a a huge life audit of me just saying, you know what, I'm not where I want to be in any aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. I have to change. I have to change. Yeah. And it was honestly a, a need, not a want at yeah. that point. Like that's how bad it had gotten. But I don't think you need to wait for a situation like that where mm-hmm. it's like you have to change or else like this is all going to fall apart. Um, yeah. I think it's very healthy that you check in with yourself like, quarterly, you know, Mm -hmm. just do a quick little like, okay, these things are good. This thing's not so great. I need to work on that. And then like, you know, I want to try something new. What could that new thing be? Right. So I think it can just be small things like that. It doesn't always have to be that big, huge thing. Yeah. But I know a lot of people do need to have that big, huge change and they just need to, again, be honest with themselves that they need that change. Yeah, for sure. And I really liked kind of when you mentioned doing it quarterly, because I think doing it more frequently than once a year, once every two years, et cetera, unless you really need that big life audit is it helps keep you accountable to the goals that you've set for yourself. So a perfect example for this is at the beginning of this year, I made a goal sheet and I wrote down a handful of things that I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, like there's, there's a couple that I've gone back and throughout the year, I'm like, okay, I felt this at the beginning of the year, but 
I think it's not going to put me where I want to go. So I would cross it off and replace it with something else. So that's one thing is that it can change. But I think that it helps with, you know, if you write down, I want to start this and you say that in, I don't know, February, and then you check back in in April or May and you look at that and you're like, have I actually done anything to push me towards that? And, you know, this doesn't have to be like a plan out how you're going to get there four years in the future. So for me, I, there's a certification that I want to accomplish in my career. And for a long time, I kind of felt a bit frozen with the next step to take. Like I had it on my goal sheet and I was like, I want to go start this, but I didn't know what to do. So I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. That one day I just, I looked at that sheet and I was like, right, that needs to start. Let's start by going to get these courses that I need in order to get there because that at least is a step forward in the right direction as opposed to just freezing and just kind of getting caught in the like web of my mind that's just spinning things around. So I think it gives a good opportunity for reflection and helping you determine what next step you actually need to do. Yeah, exactly. For me, um, it kind of sounds like setting markers. Yeah. Right. You know, um, something I've had to do, you know, there's been a course I wanted to do. I will actually set the date of that final exam mm-hmm. because then I have to do it. Right. Like, yeah. you know, there's no yeah. backing the deadline out. deadline is coming. <laughs> exactly. Um, so if you kind of struggle with procrastination or just think like, oh, like I want to make a change, but I don't think I can get mm-hmm. that accountability. You know, it could be with someone else who's going to hold you accountable or, yeah. you know, it, depending on the situation, make it set in stone. Mm -hmm. So you have to get there. And one thing I really liked that you said at the beginning there with um, reviewing your goals and accepting, you know what, I felt like that at this time, but now I don't feel like that. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel like that resonates with me or like I plain just don't want to do it. Uh, I think that is very healthy. And I've had times in my life, so I'm kind of a person who I need to sit and think about things before I make a decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that I'm procrastinating on them. Like, I literally need to sit and think about everything, Mm -hmm. and then I make a decision. Like, I'm like that 24-hour rule kind of girl. And I've had people criticize me for that when I was younger because Mm -hmm. they demanded an answer. So I gave them an answer and then like a day or two later, a week later, I'd be like, you know what? I changed my mind. I thought about it. I don't agree with that anymore. Yeah. And then you get accused of being like, oh, well, you always change your mind. I'm like, you pressured me into answering. So like mm-hmm. I have to say something. Um, mm-hmm. And just going back with being honest and saying like, you know what? That doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that is healthy because so many people, I think they set these goals And they're like, I have to do it or else I'm a failure. Yes. But in reality, I think that's how people get on roads that they don't want to be on. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. And I know I've given this example before, but I'm going to maybe add like a different layer to it. But the whole thing of me applying to law school, I at the end decided that I wasn't going to reapply because I didn't feel like it was right for me. And I was so worried when I did that about telling certain people if they were like, oh, are you going to reapply? I'd be like, no, I'm not. 
because I had kind of set that goal for myself and gone around and told people I was going to do it, mm-hmm. right? So I felt I don't I felt kind of paralyzed. Like I felt like if I didn't do it people are going to be like, "Oh, you're flaky." Or, "Oh, like you set your mind to something and you don't follow through." And like I learned from that experience. It's like, "No, that's not the way I am." I set out and I did what I wanted to do. I wanted the experience of applying. And in the end, I realized like I need to I need to be elsewhere. I need to channel my energy elsewhere. And the thing is, is I think my fear was about external judgment. Mm -hmm. And really, like, if you moving forward with what's right for your life causes the people in your life to judge you, then we've said it a lot, but maybe reassess those situations. Because if you're moving forward in a way that you truly feel is best for you and is going to make you happy – your biggest supporters should be cheering you on. You yes, know? absolutely. I totally agree with that. And uh, yeah, like I, I definitely have felt that fear and judgment before. And this is why sometimes I don't always share what's in my mind and yeah. what my plans are. Um, mm-hmm. So that, you know, if I need to be held accountable by someone, that's not really an option. But that was a way for me to avoid the negative mm-hmm. judgment. Um, See, that always really inspired me because yeah. <laughs> I just like – you kind of – you can kind of like mull things over in your brain and like figure out which way you're going to go and maybe you like talk to like a couple people about it. Yeah, I hope my cards very close though. You like, do. Yeah. Where I like <laughs> went through a phase where like I would need to like talk to everyone about it yeah, you needed everyone's opinion and to be like, okay, I'll do it because everyone thinks I should do it. Yes. So when I, yeah, I always really <laughs> admired you for that because I'm just <laughs> like, that's smart. So I've been trying to emulate that as, as I move through life now. Yeah. And that's just kind of just having like a visceral flashback right now of um, <laughs> times where things have been wrong. And I'll have already dealt with the thing yet. And then I would tell you and you're like, oh my God, that's terrible. How can I help? I'm like, oh, I already fixed it. It's fine. Um, (laughs) You're like, what? How did you sit on that? (laughs) The thing is, is I always know that something, I always know that something is going on because you just get very quiet, but I've come (laughs) to know. And I'm just like, she'll tell me later. (laughs) She'll tell me once she's fixed it. (laughs) It's like, if she really needs advice, she'll reach out. Exactly. And that's like, I don't know if that's a learned behavior or just how I am. So I'm sorry, I can't, you know, give any advice to that on how, on how I became like that. But I think sometimes it is that, that fear of judgment of, of your peers. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, well, they can't judge me if they don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably yeah. toxic in some way. I don't know. That's probably not great advice, but you know, <laughs> we are professionals here. This is just life experience. Yep, yep. You know, we're learning. We learn as we go, guys. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I admire it. So you, 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 you're like on top of your shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I try to yeah. be. Um, moving on, though. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're kind of talking about realizing what is no longer serving you. And yes. I I don't think that this is a black and white decision for most people. I think this can be very gray because not everything that you do is like, how do I want to phrase this? Um, vital 
super important, like mm-hmm. has a huge effect on your on the outcome of your life or situations. And yeah. I think it's more just acknowledging if you are okay with this or not. Yeah. Like if it's yeah. not drawing on energy or things from other things that are important for you. I'm trying to think of an example. And the only thing I can think of is just like you eat a bag of chips every week. Um, yeah. I'm just going with that. I'm sorry. It's a really stupid example, but it's just the most like generic thing I can think of at the moment. I mean relatable. So yeah, super relatable. Yeah, super um, relatable. And I think that's important to acknowledge that thing in your life and just say like, you know what? It's not having an, a, a negative effect on anything, but I'm acknowledging that mm-hmm. it's not helping me reach my goals, right? Yeah. Like it just is. And I think that's important because going back to what we were saying about like our culture prizes busyness. Yeah. And it's just like not everything has to be about growth. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to want to be the best at everything, right? Like yes. it's okay just to like – just to be. Like for me, mm-hmm. let's say I – love to doodle. I am by no means an artist. I am like the person who draws questionable stick figures. But if that's something that just- with the smiley face in the middle. <laughs> I do. <laughs> in the corner <laughs> of the page um, <laughs> with, the, with the wavy rays. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, I still draw suns like I did how I did when I was five. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that, that can just be a thing in my life that can just be, right? Like I don't need to go out and seek art lessons or practice every day mm-hmm. and that's fine but like I'm acknowledging you know I'm never going to be the next Picasso um, yes. and that's fine it's fine I think you there is room to do things for the enjoyment of it mm-hmm. even if you have no plans on it leading anywhere yeah yeah and I, I think um, I want to touch a bit on relationships here which okay. this might be like spicy I do really like what you're saying we're like Sometimes you just do things because they make you happy. It doesn't always have to be about growth. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, especially when we're younger, we have a lot of relationships where I've had to step back sometimes and look at them and been like, am I extending a significant amount of energy to a person who is giving me nothing back? Or is it a one-sided friendship or relationship or something? And that can be like a really – this is probably like – because when we talk about life auditing, we can really talk about relationships, fitness, work, all of this stuff. And I've had to have those really serious overhauls with myself. And it's not like I like would be like, oh, this person like ghosts them. I would never do that. But it's a shifting of energy where it's like, okay, is there somebody in my life that I'm giving all my energy to who's not giving me anything back? And it makes me – it's taking energy away from me and I feel bad. You know, is there energy that I can bring back to myself and extend to the things that I like to do or extend to people who support me? And I feel like we have a really great equal relationship. And that's okay to do too. Sometimes this does involve really putting a microscope on some of your relationships and determining like, am I kind of being treated the way that I want to be treated? And is this friendship serving me or is it hindering me? Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I just want to emphasize my point that, you know, that I think a relationship and Mm -hmm. anything that draws on your energy, yes, that needs to be audited. You know, like that's not something that you should just be fine 
with mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not great, but it's fine. No, like relationships, those are very important, right? Like that yes. is um, a huge part of people's lives. And I think that has an effect on all your other branches that we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, don't don't just be okay with relationships that do not serve you. That That is yes. something that I'm going to put on the black and white list, not mm-hmm. so much the gray list. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yes. No, I'm talking about very like basic mundane things that Oh like, no, for do sure. Do not take yeah. up your time. So I don't want to I don't want anyone to get confused with with that. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I just yeah. I wanted to like jump off of it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yes. Well, I'm going to jump off your point here. Excellent. Um because it's very much the same of learning to say no. And this is a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at this. <laughs> it's so hard. I am better than what I used to be, but like one of my fundamental, what were they called? Um, saboteurs. Saboteurs. Yes. Yes. Uh, was people pleaser. People pleaser came in like number three for me. Mm-hmm. And I am very aware that I have this problem. I have always had this problem. Yeah. Um, it's just how us girls are raised to be. I think a majority of women are people pleasers, especially Mm -hmm. of our age group. And um, the hardest thing is learning to say no, to not waste your time on things that don't matter. And I think it's really hard. This goes back to, I'd say relationships are probably the hardest because, you know, you have friendships, you have romantic relationships, you have family relationships, and all of these things are very important to you and you want to be there for these people because mm-hmm. there is love and respect. But this isn't always like a negative relationship. Like we're not talking about the ones that aren't serving you. These are the ones that are balanced mm-hmm. and serving you. But you still yeah. need to have your boundary. You know, mm-hmm. if you're that friend who is constantly dropping everything you have going on in your life to go help your friend move mm-hmm. <laughs> over like a day, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're always having to go do things for them and mm-hmm. it's taking away from the aspects of your life and having a negative effect on your energy gotta learn how to say no and it's hard like it's not an easy thing to do no but you have to be respectful of your own time like you got to respect yourself and sometimes that's just the thing that you are saying no to them for is like just resting yeah that's okay yeah if there's something that somebody wants to go and do with you and you really feel like you're like, okay, I need to just be in my own energy and relax today or for this weekend or something, you can say no. Yeah. And that's more important. Exactly. And you. I think it's it's important to have this uh, communication with, with these people yeah. because um, I'm going to use the example of like you plan to all go out for dinner like a week from now, mm-hmm. and maybe when you made those plans, you were super excited to to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the day before or the day of that day you're supposed to go for dinner, and you're like, oh, "I don't want to go. I really don't want to go." Yeah, we've all been there. We have all been there, and that is, you know, honoring yourself and just mm-hmm. being like, you know what, guys, like. I am not in the mood for this. I know I have done this to to you guys all the time. Um, I'll be like, guys, I was in a great like extrovert mood yesterday. Today, introvert Laura is here. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to talk to people. 
She wants to read Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah. She is sorry, but it's just not happening. And if I come, I'm going to be like a little rainy storm cloud and mm-hmm. I don't want to bring down the vibe. And yes. it took a while to get there because, you know, I found that after I was honest about that kind of stuff, like my friends would then in turn be like the same thing to me. They're like, you know what, Laura? We were feeling the plan earlier. Now, eh, not so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, I respect that because this goes back to a huge lesson that I know you and I learned about bringing our best selves forward. Mm-hmm. And I think this relates to when maybe your friend has like an issue going on and they really want to talk to you about it. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, I need you. Like, I just got to, you know, dump all this and and talk it out. And the hardest thing, but the best thing is being like, hey, you know what? I'm not in a great headspace for this today, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk to you about this. I just, I want to give you my full undivided attention. And right now I cannot do that. Um, Yes. I remember having to say that for the first time and it was so hard, but Mm -hmm. I know to, to my one friend I said this to, she in turn said, thank you for saying that because- I want to talk this through with you, mm-hmm. but like I also want you like to be all there and ready to receive it. And mm-hmm. in turn, um, you know, I know I've asked you and other friends being like, hey, I got to talk this out. Are you in a good headspace to hear this? And like sometimes the answer is no. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll go tell someone else or like let me know when you're ready. And I think mm-hmm. that's just so respectful. Um, and then sorry, going back to auditing your life. <laughs> it's maintaining those friendships that have that. Yes. Yeah. And it's working toward – like that to me is growth. You know, like I'm not mm-hmm. like getting rid of all my old friends. I mean like I'm going to get friends who accept that about me mm-hmm. that I'm not always very social. Um, no, it's working together to grow and be like, hey, let's be open and communicative of mm-hmm. when we actually want to talk to each other about heavy things. It's developing a friendship – and well, developing a relationship with another person where you're mutually honoring and respecting each other. Yeah. And that just comes down to communication. You know, it doesn't have to be like a complete overhaul and be like, get all new friends. But it's also, you know, important if you start putting those boundaries in place, is somebody not respecting them? Mm, huge. Huge. And that is, you know, it's hard. But I know, I think we've talked about this before. You and I have both had that experience where we've had to kind of like, take a step back because our boundaries were being stepped over by somebody. Obliterated by other people. Obliterated. No, that's not okay. That is not okay. And I feel like like I've never had big friend groups, but I have definitely knowingly cut people out of my life and not in a cruel Mm -hmm. way. Like I'm not, you know, burning bridges. But just acknowledging and knowing that, okay, you know what? I need to step away because like every time this person comes to me, it's always a problem. And mm-hmm. I just feel like they dump their energy on me. And um, some people like, okay, this is a little woo-woo, but I feel like a lot of people will kind of know what we're talking about is like there's just some people who they're energy stealers yet also energy yes. dumpers. So either mm-hmm. they steal all your energy and you're absolutely like wiped when you're done talking to them or mm-hmm. they kind of just like – they're very loose with their energy and they pile it all on top of you. And then you're like, God, I'm so heavy. And Or they just do both at the same time. Oh, they, yeah. Most people just they, <laughs> they do both of it at the same time because they have like yeah. no control 
of it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a metaphysical thing or like, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. But um, the older I've gotten and the more like experience I have with different people, I mm-hmm. very quickly know. I'm just like, mm, okay, I need to keep you at arm's length because I know if mm-hmm. I let you in my my space, you're going to take over my space. And yeah. like, I, I can't do that. Like, I just, I panic. I'm like the little, little turtle in the shell. That's, that's what happens to me. I feel ya. I feel ya. Yeah. And I kind of want to like go to this learning to say no from another angle that kind of goes more into work and even oh, like volunteering. So glad you're going there. <laughs> I think because, okay, there have been times where I've had to work two jobs to make enough money. Like, I'm going to put that out there. There have been times where I just – I had to do it Mm -hmm. and I acknowledge that. But I've had experiences where, you know, like I am doing – like I'm in a good spot and I've decided to take on another job, whether it's like an actual like they pay me for it or it's volunteering or whatever because I feel like I – I feel kind of like I'm emotionally obligated to Mm -hmm. because whether it's somebody I care for is asking me or whatever and I I somehow just – I just find myself there or I'm just like, you know, because our culture loves busyness, I'm just like, ooh, let's just add one more thing to the pile because why (laughs) not? I have a free hour in the day. Sure, I'll work. (laughs) Yeah, and that's kind of part of a big overhaul that I had to do earlier this year where I had to be really harsh with myself and be like, you know, this second kind of like income that I'm doing right now, like I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's very social for me and stuff. But what is it actually doing for me? Like what what am I – what is coming to me from this? Like how is this moving me forward? Yeah. Or is it just taking from me? Yeah. And – in reality, like after I looked at all of it, like I kind of looked what looked at what I made from it. I looked at how my energy was every day when I came back. Like I looked at how um, like I looked at what the trajectory forward would be like. How would this unfold if I kept doing it? And I was like, you know what? I love it. But like it's time it has run its course, you know, and that was like a very hard decision for me to to kind of come to, but I was just like, you know, I need to, like, if I'm going to have something else that is taking up my time that is for me and like, you know, self-care or just going on a hike or hanging out with friends or hanging out with a boyfriend, like if I'm going to give up that precious time that I have, I want it to be for something that I feel like is propelling me forward. Yeah. And not just kind of, I don't, just not feeling like it's just taking and just depleting me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely relate to this. And I think for me, like definitely in my early 20s, uh, as we all <laughs> my listeners know, I was the queen of the hustle. Um, mm-hmm. I had a dollar amount for every hour I was awake. You monetized your sleeping, man. I, like, yeah, I, I, I did monetize I my sleeping that. like that. That's a fucking art. Um, that was. I, I don't do I that anymore. <laughs> People no, are going to be like, just, what? <laughs> questionable activities (laughs) I think there was a period there where you were house sitting where I think you went to your actual house maybe once a week once a month there was one time I was not home for an entire month and Mm -hmm. the thing was like 
I was addicted to making money. You know, mm. house sitting was that for me. I loved it. Like it was, it was great. Um, such a good way to make cash. But the thing is, on top of that, I was doing everything else in my life. I was working my full-time job. I think I also had like a serving job because also serving is like um it's it's fun. I I always loved serving and it's such a good way to make cash in a relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um but again, I was just like where do I have to I I didn't even know who I was. I didn't even know what I wanted in life because I was literally so busy all the time and like relationships suffered. Everything suffered because like people didn't see me. I was just working every hour of the day. Well, for example, like us making plans at this time, I remember one summer, it would be like, do you have an hour or an hour and a half at (laughs) 9.30 a.m. on Thursday? Let's meet up. I can schedule you for a 30-minute coffee. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that was a time. It was a time. And I think for me, like serving was – as much as I loved it, it was super toxic for me as well mm-hmm. um, because, you know, anyone who's served, like, frick, you work hard. Like, that – it can be a lot of fun, but it's a lot of hard work. And it's – I would say serving is almost like a lifestyle mm-hmm. where you just kind of get caught up. And, you know, I was working at a bar, so it would be late nights, you know, and – I also I'm, talk about being exposed to a lot of people's energy. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, like every night. Everyone has to tell you their problem or you get a Karen, she's unhappy with you. Like I had my fair share of those and like I would just feel like shaken up to the core mm-hmm. from those experiences. And, you know, I'm not someone who really ever sleeps in. But like when I wasn't getting home until – after midnight, I'd be all wired and then I'd try to go to sleep and I'd still get up at seven o'clock in the morning because the sun was out. Um, mm-hmm. And I just- So then you're getting like three hours of sleep. Oh, I just like, I was really just a shell of a person and it was fine when I was in my early twenties, but like now at 30, I'm just like, oh my God, you want me to do more work than like I already do? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge lesson for me. And I've gone through, t- like even now, I go through periods of time where I'm just like, you know, what if I just had like one day a week I could serve just to like make some extra cash? I have that thought like every week. Every week. And honestly, it's just because the world is like super expensive right now. I'm like, oh God. Um, (laughs) Yeah, six months ago, we weren't having this thought. (laughs) No, I was not. I was not having this thought before. Like gas was, you know, over $2 and it cost over $100 to fill up my little car. I saw Um, $198 today. Oh my God, what a good price. Like that's how sad it is right now. Like if gas is under $2, we're like, wow, what a deal. Um, That's just sad. And that's where I've had to stop myself and being like, Laura, when are you actually going to have time to work your full-time job and do everything else that you do in your life and also mm-hmm. serve on top of that? Like, no, we're not going back there. And no. uh, it's, it's a trap. Like, that is such a big trap for me because, like, I was just so used to always being busy that mm-hmm. for me it was almost like a normal state that yeah. when I did take a rest – I was like freaking out because I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not being productive. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And again, society praises that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's been hard to learn, but I have learned. So 
Doesn't mean I don't I mean, have little side incomes, mm-hmm. but I don't have anything that's like ultra time consuming. Not but I mean, like, me. could you imagine? Could you imagine adding like serving on the weekends oh, with God. how much like kind of mental attention you need to put into your like into your full time job? That would be rough. I, I I'd be back to like not being a, even a shell of a person. To finish up that point, you know, look at where you can do less to avoid burnout because rest breaks are good and I think that is an important factor that you need to include in your audit mm-hmm. of your life. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. And I think like I just I really want to go back to this point and really drive it home because I know we t- talked about it a little bit, but the thing with a life audit is that it helps you determine Like, do I stay the course on things that I'm doing Mm -hmm. or do I want something different? Has my perspective changed? Yeah. And if it has, like, I really, like, I know we've said this, but I really want to drive it home. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You are not like held to the thoughts of your past. You know, you don't have to, you know, if you thought that you wanted to be like, I don't know, stupid example, but if you thought you wanted to be an astronaut when you were a kid, and then you get to university and I, I don't know how astronauts become astronauts, but you're like, you know, I really don't like this and I would rather go study like English or something. If that's what makes you happy, that's fine. Go do that. You don't have to go become an astronaut. It's all right. Yeah. So, you know, because I think I get I get kind of funky when I think about um, topics around like goals and like goal setting and all of this stuff because sometimes the advice feels very rigid and, you know, you always have to be taking that next step and all of that. And, you know, it it doesn't leave room for potentially that next step being stopping mm-hmm. and doing something else. And that's the thing is there is no set trajectory for your life and there is no set path of what you have to be if you want to reinvent yourself or move to a different country or all these things, go do that. And that has been a successful life audit. Yeah, exactly. Like I think um, you're allowed to change and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But equally, you're allowed to stay the course and that's okay too. For sure. You know, it's not about doing a life audit and being like, there's nothing I don't want to change. Hey, if there's nothing you want to change – Good for you. Like, that is awesome. Um, And if there's things that aren't aligning with you and you want to change, good for Mm -hmm. you. You are recognizing that that doesn't work for you. That's already step one complete, right? Mm -hmm. So um, to kind of – to finish out my points here, I think it's also important to kind of think about your web, again, with all your your branches of things, and get an estimate of how much time you're spending on different areas and Mm – I think the important thing is it doesn't have to all be equal. You know, you almost need to rank. What is most important to you? Is that your career? Is that your children? Mm -hmm. Is that your friends or your relationship? Is that your hobbies? Um, Sports? Whatever. There is no right answer. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very personal to you on how you rank that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of seeing like, hey, you know what? Spending a lot of time on this one thing didn't realize I was spending so much time on it and it's not even like in my top three I need to change that so I think like that's just another thing to help you think about like wow this is actually where all my time goes that's a problem Mm -hmm. I don't like that 
For sure. And kind of like a little throwback to our work-life balance episode, that can change. (laughs) Yes, it can. Maybe at this period of time, you're like, I want to focus on work. So I'm going to focus less on like fitness or something. I'm not going to be as focused on getting through like my gym program. That's fine. Maybe six months go by and you're like, all right, we've accomplished a lot with work. I kind of feel the need to get back into my fitness routine like really hard like I was before. All right, let's reassess. Yeah. And I think that goes back to those quarterly check-ins, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just see like, hey, is work still my number one? Mm -hmm. Or now am I like, you know, engaged and getting married? So you know what? That relationship and my wedding Mm -hmm. is super important. Yes. So exactly. it's fine to change. It's fine to change. Do not let people criticize you for that because that haunted me for years and mm-hmm. it just was not fair. It really was not fair to uh, to me for people being like, hey, why do you always change your mind? I'm like, actually, I'm not. I'm just a really slow, like methodical decision maker and I don't mm-hmm. like to be rushed because then I will make a mistake. So Mm-hmm. I feel like I mildly went off topic there, but that, that's my <laughs> philosophy on how I audit my life and my decisions. I I love it. See, there you go, guys. I think it sums it up perfectly. Excellent. I think we left Excellent. it in a good spot. I think that's a great place awesome. to leave it. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for today's episode on auditing your life. If you found it helpful, please uh, let us know by sending us an email to tea with Laura Rachel at gmail.com. Also, uh, share it with friends, family, or anyone you think would find this helpful. And then, mm-hmm. of course, always check out our, our other episodes. We have over 60 now. Oh so <laughs> lots of listening content. And we don't want to be biased, but we think it's all pretty great. And uh, Rachel, you want to let us know where they can find our podcast? Yeah, so you can find us on all the podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we would 100% really appreciate it if you feel so inclined to leave us a five-star review. So I think that's everything for tonight. Live like tea. Live like tea.